Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Everybody and welcome back to Power Women in Insurance. We have our first dude on our podcast, and it is my husband Marcus Hunter. So I am your host, Teresa Kitchens, and I'm super excited today to share with you guys our marital journey through entrepreneurship, raising children, and a lot of other crap. So this is actually part two. We have already uh, talked about in part one kind of how we met, but also what we talked about was our initial struggles, our initial perceptions of entrepreneurship, blended marriage, raising children. And it was really the first 18 months of our marriage. And so, um, but it was also our dating. We dated for two years. Um, But really what we have now is we want to get into a little bit more of how we were able to go through. And I know that in the first episode of this podcast, I actually talked about a shakabuku, a strong, swift, spiritual kick to the head. And that is one of my favorite words of all time, because I believe that out of a shakabuku, that strong, swift, spiritual kick to the head, that's where true growth and true epiphany and enlightenment really happen. So we're excited because I think Marcus and I, through our marriage and through the business, which the business was a huge part of that, um, and insurance and all that. So um, Marcus, hey. Hey, <laughs> all right. I'm so glad if you if you listen to part one. Thank you very much. I'm uh, uh, honored and kind of shocked if you're hanging around for episode two. This is where it gets good, though. Uh, but this is really this is really the meat, yeah, uh, of the message that we're wanting to share uh, to help people understand. Uh, if you're in this entrepreneurial space and in the insurance space, and you and your spouse, or even if you're not working together. Um, if one of you is the primary that's responsible for the insurance agency, you, your, your spouse is your partner inside that agency, whether they right. spend eight hours a day they're working or not. They're, they're impacted by it. They play a role in it. You talk about it. They help you make decisions. You know, your financial security uh, is built around that. So mm-hmm. uh, we want to share with you our message of, we probably have done everything that you could do absolutely wrong <laughs> in trying to in trying to make this work, but we're making it work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We 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 actually we we actually well we didn't. I broke it, and then uh, Teresa and I together put it back together. So right. that's the message we want to share. And it is, it is. And I think also just to be able to let people out there know that being an entrepreneur is hard. It's hard on the spouse. It's hard on you as the entrepreneur. It's hard on the spouse. It's hard if you're trying to work together. It's hard if you're not trying to work together, but to really discuss each other's perceptions, to really get mm-hmm. into the back end of those questions, which we're really going to talk about now, how we were able to recover, um, is that if we if we don't ask those hard questions, we can't move forward. And, and that's where I think we, when we separated, we talked about earlier in our, in our last podcast, we kind of left it off that, that May of 2014, where, um, where we, I went on out, I got an apartment in May of 2014. Um, and at the, by the end of May, we were really talking. We said, we really want to make this work. 
we kind of got back together, but you stayed at the house. I stayed in the apartment complex. I had an 18 month lease. I actually went through two leases there. So it would be officially three years in that apartment. Mm -hmm. And during that time, you and I grew independently as people. And we had to get to where we could cut through all the crap and really learn how each other was really seeing the situation. So then we could take that and grow from there, which I don't think we did before, before we reacted to each other. Like when we lived in the house, the first time we really reacted to each other, we didn't say, why do you feel that way? What, you know, what is this? What, what are you feeling in this moment? We didn't do any of that. And I know that sounds super crazy and too touchy feely, but in order for us to recover, we had to get to that point. Right. But at the same point in time, we, we did not set up a mechanism that gave us the opportunity to really catch our breath and say, right. why do you feel that way? Because yeah, we, we were living the business. We were literally 24 mm seven. -hmm. And it was unrelenting pressure. So we did not, we, we didn't set it up. We didn't know how to set it up. We didn't know how to address it. We let it dictate the pace and yep. the tone and eventually what happened to our relationship, which ended up, unfortunately, in divorce. Right, exactly. So we, I moved out in May 2014, uh, got an apartment, took my children with me, and we had some work to do with my kids, and I, we, we did that. We, uh, I was able to get them in counseling. We were able to do a lot of things with them over the course of the next three years, because I mentioned I was in an apartment for the next three years. But as I was in the apartment for the next three years, two two years into that next three years, um, we kind of hit a point where Marcus and I, we were better. Marcus, you, you went back into the metals industry. Yes. I, I was, uh, I stayed in the insurance industry for a short period of time after we like six months separated. Yeah. Eight months. Maybe. Uh, and then before we actually, uh, divorced, mm -hmm. um, went back into the metals industry, was very happy to get back into the metals industry. Uh, it was very stable. It had reliable income. It afforded me all the things that I needed uh, psychologically right. at that point in time. And it gave me the time and the space to be able to breathe mm -hmm. and figure out just what the hell's going on. Well, I think too, one of the things that we did not do a service for each other with that I think that we did really well um, on round two, which I guess we're not really to that point yet, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to mention it now anyway, is that one of the things that we did when we were really, when we really focused on us was that we went back and we said, what are your core values and what is really important to you? Yeah, we did a values workshop. We did a full, it's a John Martini yes. values workshop that actually we did through our church, really well, like awesome, amazing. And I, I can't tell you enough. Uh, I can't encourage you enough to go and spend the time mm -hmm. and the money is inconsequential yeah. for the benefit that you're going to get totally. from that. And it's something that you need to do periodically because you'll find your values will shift and change. Mm -hmm. Not, not your core, not your very basic core, but they will shift and they will change in some, in some ways over a period of time. So 
that was a very eye-opening experience for me. So we really, we really were able to nail down through that values process that your core value, your number one core value is provision, that you want to feel like you're providing for your family and that you did not feel like through the business, through working with Sterling, through the challenges we were having with the kids, through the financial savings accounts that were being depleted and all of these things, you did not feel like you were providing. And when you felt that way, and I didn't have a full picture of that and I didn't value that enough that when that, made you like a, you wanted to eat off your left arm. You felt trapped. You felt like. I felt like the the biggest absolute failure of all time. Uh-huh. I, I've never felt that desolate uh, and that, um, that ineffective ever yeah. in my life. It, it, it was, it was soul crushing for me yeah. to feel that way. And, and I know that that distorted my perceptions uh, and it distorted my Puts ability. Puts a filter on everything. Uh, it, it distorted my ability to be able to respond uh, to circumstances and situations uh, if I had not been seeing it through the filter I was seeing it through, mm-hmm. I would have probably responded differently. And my number one core value is service. Mm-hmm. So for me to be of service to someone else, which for me to come on in and, and start hacking away at the business was not a, a coming from a, a, a standpoint of service. Right. So you, n- once we did the, the core value conversation mm-hmm. uh, class, then I think we both were able to take a different approach to our relationship. And, and that was the beginning mm-hmm. of our second beginning. Yeah. Was, was doing that. I, you know, of all things, what brought us back together? Insurance. It was, yeah. I got Teresa, it's going to sound crazy, but Teresa was still my insurance agent. Yeah. He kept all his insurance with us. Um, and I, you know, I told her and, and people you call me out if you want to, I, that's fine. I, I I'm, I'm not going to get upset about it. But I told Teresa on, on when I told her that I'd filed for divorce uh, because I thought that was the only way either one of us would have an opportunity to understand what, for me to understand what I was going through, for her to understand what she was going through, and more importantly, for her to be able to, to take care of her children, which I, I love both of those kids dearly. Mm-hmm. And they were hurting and and my presence in their life was detrimental to them and i did not need to be there involved in that space you and those kids needed to have time to be able to figure out what you needed to figure out i couldn't be a part of that right unfortunately um but I also needed space in order for me to figure me out. And you needed space for you to figure you out. Right. And the only way I knew to do that was to say, I'm divorcing you and we're, we're done. Yeah. And it cu- to cut that final cord. So there was no lingering hope of Marcus can fix this or Teresa can fix me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was that desperate, that drastic of a decision that, to this day, I I say I regret it, but it was the best decision I've ever made in my life because it's 
resulted in us being where we are now. Right. Well, I think so. So so the, the incident that we're actually talking about is October 2015, mm-hmm. uh, Halloween, October 31st. We mm-hmm. had a conversation about what we were going to do about our relationship. And at that point, Marcus had said, I'm done. You know, you need time to go heal with you and your kids and you need to figure out what you're doing. And we were divorced January 2016. So just mm-hmm. everybody has kind of a t- timeline. Mm-hmm. So January 2016. Um, I remember, or this is, this is probably more like December at this point, but I remember you had sent me all the paperwork and, um, maybe even November, because there has to be a couple of weeks in between. But, um, anyway, and I remember you and I on the phone, I was at work and I remember walking out on the back and I remember, um, we have kind of this walkway in the back and I remember walking out there on the phone and saying to you that I love you. And you mm-hmm. said to me, I love you. You said, but I've this never, is what we have to do. I've, I've never, ever not loved you, ever. Right. But I knew in my heart and my soul that if we kept on the path that we kept on, we were going to destroy each other. Right. And I could, not, I could not do that to you. I could not do that to our children. Right. So as painful as it was for me to do that, um, some people will say it's a coward's way out or it was a chicken way out. Uh, but I, I, I didn't do it lightly. I did it intentionally because I felt like that's what needed to happen. And it ripped. If there could be, uh, there can, there will never ever be a more gut wrenching decision I've made in my life mm-hmm. than that decision. And I've been in hospital rooms where people needed to be removed from life support. Right. And that's a gut wrenching decision to make. This was a thousand times worse than that. Right. But I did it. I'm not proud of it. But the good news is there's a positive end to the story. Absolutely. There's another side of that journey that we've been able to pursue and persevere through. Yeah. And that's the hope and the message that I hope people get from, from this podcast. Mm -hmm is that it can look bleak, it can look dark, and, and you can be miserable. And out of that can come such great joy right. and celebration and happiness and fulfillment that you never imagined that you would be able to experience. Exactly. So I think when when we divorced, I went into a very deep educational state where I read everything I possibly could read and all these, all these different books and things like that. And, um, you just took a little bit of time just to stop refocus. You know, you're back in the metals industry. You're able to rebuild your savings account because that provision, remember that, that, that provider end of, of things. I was able to get back into the gym and lift and start running and doing all the things that, that I needed to do right? physically and psychologically to help me, uh, give me an opportunity to start exploring and asking questions of why. Right. And I went into the Demartini stuff cause I did the breakthrough experience and um, a couple of other books and things. And I took a really big serious look at my own life and sat back and I did actually um, start go from average to awesome. And it is a John Acuff book, which he's part of the uh, Dave Ramsey crew. And at the back of the book, it says, confront your fears, write down your fears, write down the, the, the negative thoughts and the fears that you have in your head. And when I did that, every single negative thought, every single fear that I had 
I realized, because I was at this point, I was 42, that I had actually achieved every single one of them. That I didn't want to rock the boat because I was worried about not, you know, not, not being a good wife. I was worried about rocking the boat because I didn't want to be a good mother. I was worried about rocking the boat because I didn't want to be a bad business owner, right? But I was actually in a business that was barely making any money. Luckily, it was making what it was, but it was barely making what it was. My, my children were in disarray. I was, I was divorced for the second time at this point because we were in the middle of our divorce. And I realized that every single thing I had ever avoided, everything that I had sat back and said, no, I don't want to be a bitch in this situation because I want to make people happy. I had ended up pissing off every single person in my life and alienating every single person in my life because I wouldn't do what it took to be the right kind of person, to be the leader, to be a leader in that position and to be someone who had their back. And I didn't realize that to be a leader meant to be able to have somebody's back meant that I had to be stronger. It didn't mean that I just needed to go love on them. It meant that I needed to not do things for them, but I needed to be that person that helped them find their way through. And so it really changed through that divorce process, how I deal with people in general. And I, I had somebody once tell me, just stand behind your children and see them as whole, perfect and complete. There is nothing that you need to give them. There's only that you need to help them find it within themselves. And with you and me, we were so trying to change each other. We were so trying to, you were trying to get me to step up in the business. I was trying to get you to chill out. We were trying to get the kids to do this. We were trying to get our team to do that. We were trying to change people. Every single person around us, we were trying to change mm -hmm. in one way or another. And when... When I sat back and with my own kids just said, I believe in you. And I actually sat both of them down and I said, rather than me being a helicopter mom, because I'd been a helicopter mom way too much, which was part of our main problem to begin with, is that I sat both my kids down on the couch and I said, you, at this point, my kids were 17 and 21. I think mm -hmm. Jeffrey was 21, maybe mm -hmm. 22 by this point. And, um, and I just said, instead of whenever you come to me with a problem, Instead of me saying, oh, this is what you need to do, but, 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 I'm literally going to look at you and go, that sucks. How are you going to fix it? Because it's not mine to fix. So I had to take that into my business. I had to take it into our marriage. I had to, or at that point we weren't married, but into my relationships, I took it into my friendships and I lost a couple friendships because of it. I had a couple people who were but very. Those, but, but those friendships weren't equal friendships. And they weren't. Right? They weren't. It was like women gossiping, women, just bitchy women, right? And that's right. not that's good. So and that's not who I am. And that's not what I want to be. Exactly. So th there were toxic relationships that because you took that attitude and you took that approach, you yeah. realized this is not good for me. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So, so, I mean, I'm just saying that it really, I had to be, I had to change. I had to change. And when I changed, it changed my business. It changed how I approached my children. It changed everything. So then in November of 2016, I get a phone call from Marcus and he just says, Hey girl, what you doing? And I'm like, uh, it was, it was really funny because then he's like, let's talk. 
But when we came back together and the main reason I just said what I said, though, is me just saying you're your whole perfect and complete exactly as you are. It changed how we approached us. Is that I didn't need to fix you. I didn't need to get you to chill out. And I told you at that point, I've changed. And I don't want to be treated as if I need to be fixed. Mm-hmm. I want to be treated that I'm going to figure it out. Right. And, and that was really a turning point, I think, for us. That was a huge turning point because um, that was one of the things I wanted to see if you were capable of doing. Okay. Because you had been programmed and you had been taught uh, and been schooled in being that servant of putting everybody else's needs in front of your own, um, which there is a certain, you know, there's a great humble spirit about being of service to people. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to diminish that at all. But at the same time, in order for you to be fully present and be able to serve people effectively, you, know, you have to take care of yourself, right? Oh, completely. You, you, you have to be you know, but you also can't perfect. control the people around you. You have to be perfect, complete, and whole in your own way, and understand. You know, you're not you're not going to talk people into changing, right? right? You're you're not going to do that, right? I, God knows, I I tried that with my two sons, uh, and failed miserably in trying to do that. And look back on you know my parents, who were great parents. Uh, but I you know I grew up in the '60s, mm-hmm. and parenting was totally different than it is now. Right. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, a little more old school, hardcore, you know, suck it up buttercup and, you know, if it ain't bleeding, don't come in the house and that kind of stuff. And, um, you had, I could tell that when we talked, we sat down and we had very open, frank discussions and, and I, I was very sincere and said, I, you know, I, I miss you. Mm-hmm. I, I still love you. I've never stopped loving you. I want you to be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out how do we make that happen? What does that look like? How can, how can we get together and, and figure this journey out? And you had gone through a, an amazing metamorphosis of finding a community uh, from a spiritual standpoint uh, that spoke to you. Uh, you had done a lot of self-help, a lot right. of reading, uh, a lot of studying. Uh, I had taken the time. I was not as dedicated or focused on uh, the journey as you were, but I spent a lot of time in solitude uh, right. in what I call my redneck form of meditation, uh, which usually included Miller Lite. Uh, <laughs> not that much. Just kidding, folks. Um, but right. But sitting and in, in, in contemplating, figuring out, you know, what were the missteps I made? Right. Because I need to own my part of this journey. Mm-hmm. It's not all Teresa's fault. It's not all the business's fault. It's not all the family's fault. Right. I had my own role to play in this. And so what do I need to do to change me in a positive way, whether you and I were together or not? 
Are you ready to transform the way your business communicates? Look no further than Lightspeed Voice, the ultimate solution for insurance agencies seeking a seamless communication. I've used them for over eight years. I'm telling you, what I'm reading is the truth. Picture this, crystal clear calls, advanced features, unparalleled, flexible, tailored, just for you. That's Lightspeed Voice. Tired of drop calls and outdated systems? Lightspeed Voice has your back. Say goodbye to communication hiccups and hello to a new era of efficiency. I love that. Boost productivity with features like call recording, voice to email, and effortless call transfers. Work from the office, from home, or on the go. Lightspeed Voice keeps you connected wherever your business takes you. Don't worry about the transition. Our dedicated support and onboarding teams will guide you every step of the way. Make the switch to Lightspeed and join the ranks of satisfied insurance agency owners, like me, experiencing the power of seamless communication. Ready to elevate your agency? Visit lightspeedvoice.com or call 877.97-VOICE to schedule your free demo. Lightspeed Voice, we're more than just talk. Cast approved. Right. We need to make those changes for ourselves. Those changes were changes. We need to make those I, changes for our kids, for us. I needed to make those changes yep. for me just yep. to be a better me, mm-hmm. right? To be the me I want to be. Uh, and the bonus package is in going through that journey, we figured out through our conversations and there were many long. Oh, a lot of hard conversations, hard conversations. That and, and I think those conversations lasted for like the next year and a half. I mean, they weren't like overnight either. No, we didn't sit down over one week right. and have a nope. conversation and everything was fixed. Mm-hmm. No, We sat down and said, you know what? I'm going to share this with you right now. And it's only 1% of what I really got to say to you. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to say to you. I got a lot of stuff I need yep. to lay on yep. you yep. right now. But I'm going to hold back and we're going to take it in small bites because I love you and we want to be together. Well, and we did the values thing too, which is when we realized that your number one was your number one values provision. And we had just like stomped on that all over the place. Right. Right. Number one. Number two was family. And number two is family. So our family had been hurting and then the, the provision wasn't there. And, you know, you didn't feel strong and confident in your career because mm-hmm. it was just so crazy. But then in that, I was able to take what I knew that I needed to do for Sterling, for our agent, for my agency and do it. And you've been able to see me be successful at it, which I think has let you also kind of come down a little bit from your corporate boom, boom, this is how things have to be done because you've realized there's more than one way to skin a cat. If some, and, and, and the challenge of entrepreneurship as well, that it's not as easy and clean as quick as it might seem whenever you work for a company. Right, 100%. And uh, simultaneously with us having our, our personal conversations, mm-hmm. we engaged in conversations about the business. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, well, and I think we both were very honest at that point about money. We we're both very yeah. honest about the numbers. Right. More than we ever had before. And I found that, you know, Teresa had actually figured out how to put together an Excel spreadsheet oh and, gosh, you and your Excel read a financial statement. You and your, your and whatever. Do month end reports and measure 
you know, performance and <laughs> take a look at metrics and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like going, oh my God, what's happened to this woman? She's turned into a businesswoman. Oh my God. How did that happen? Whatever. But you did because you understood. Right. Because I wasn't there trying to fix it for you. Right. You figured out what you. Well, and I created my own reports. I created my own forms. I created my own. It wasn't like I just went into QuickBooks and pulled them out. I mean, I could do that, but I mean, you know, I did what, what I needed. I got the information that I needed to make the right decisions. Right. You got the information you needed Mm -hmm. in the format that you needed to see it in in order for it to be relevant for you. Mm -hmm. Right. So me seeing you blossoming and growing into this business person that I was not familiar with at all because that was part of what we had fought right. about and yep. struggled with. Right. That was yep. the biggest part of our, of our, of our issues inside the business. Yep. Um, to see that metamorphosis was amazing and uh, heartwarming. And, and I, I respected you for being able to, to take that on and figure that out. And as you said, I learned some very good lessons on, you know what, just because I want to cowboy up and let's push forward and get it done. You know, I'm a GSD kind of guy, get right. shit done. Right. Right. Uh, good Texas so, boy. Sometimes, you know, getting shit done causes more problems than getting shit done. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I learned some subtleties right. that in, in corporate America, it was it was standard operating procedure. You that that's the way you dealt with stuff, right? So I, I've learned some nuances on that, right? Uh, and I think that when we when we came back together, we both realized we had made some very fundamental mm, changes mm-hmm. and shifts yep. in our approach in a number of life spaces, mm-hmm. and more. And probably the most important thing that we've learned to do is we we have a, a rapport back and forth, give and take, right? Well, one thing I think, we, I think we, listeners we, need to hear is that we're both Gemini. So my birthday is yeah. May 23rd. His is May 26th. So his, his birthday is actually tomorrow. So, and my birthday was Sunday. And so we, we both have a, a very dark side. We both have a very light side. We both have... And, and there and are days that we both get upside down. And and there are four people in this relationship. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, two people 100%. in a relationship is, is hard enough. Yep. You put four people in the mix, yep. Jesus Christ, it's, it's hell sometimes. <laughs> right. But we've learned that we recognize when the other one needs space to be able to express. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. And just if it's go off on a rant or... Just sit there and just, it's just hit the tab button and just. Well, and there are days things. that before we would always sit up all night long and we'd say, no, we have to work through this. Now right. we're like, you know what? Right now we mm-hmm. need space. Right. We're just going to go sleep. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. And I mean, there are days you're late for work, you know, mm-hmm. exactly. not that, not that your work needs to listen to this, but you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I get there early enough. Most Right. No, you have more than enough. So. But I mean, there are days that, I mean, you roll over and you're like, Hey, I've got to get to work, but let's talk this through real quick. And we'll sit there for the next 30, 45 minutes and just 
talk it through and you wake me up mm-hmm. and you're like, Hey, you know, and you know, before you go to work or you go to work and you call me when you get there and you take, you know, a little bit of a break or whatever, but you, you call me and we work it on the phone. But right. the point is, is that there, we, we've learned not to push when we know we're in those moments exactly. when we're raw, we know mm-hmm. that's not the time to push. Right. And we've also, I mean, from my perspective that, um, I've learned that whenever you tell me I need you to hear me, that is when I need to go. Right. And I click on, right. I click on, I go, and I click on and I go, this is important. Right. This is not when I talk. This is when I listen until you stop and you go, do you understand what I'm saying? And then I go, yes, I think so. So let me repeat. And we go through a very deliberate exercise to make sure that we're on the same page together, right? Yeah, and a friend of mine once said, she asked me, she said, do you want me to listen to respond or do you want me just to listen? Right. And I think that's another thing too, because there are certain times that I call you Mm -hmm. and I go, right now, I just need you to listen because I just Mm -hmm. need to go off. Yeah. And you're like, fine, because that Mm -hmm. way you don't feel the need to go fix it. You don't feel the need to tell me how to blah, 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 right? I don't get fired up and tell you, you know what? Give me that guy's address and we'll go over and kick his ass. Right. No, I don't do that anymore. Right, no, absolutely. I think, and I think that's really important. I would really never do that too. before anyway. Right. Oh, right. But I, I think, I think that's really important. So the things that we've learned is to listen a lot more than we did before. Listen with an open heart. I think that's really big. Actively listen. Actively and, and, listen. And listen. Yes. With an open heart, with a, with a servant's attitude and servant spirit. Right. Of. Because we are here um, to serve each other as each other's spouse. Exactly. Right. I mean, my, my biggest responsibility to you is to be of service to you, to help you be the absolute And best, that is a point of provision. Best, yes. Best person right. uh, that you can be, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and same for you. What, whatever whatever that means right. uh, for me to do for you, mm-hmm. because that's, that's what I want to do. Right. So being, you know, being angry or getting upset and look to this day, I mean, we, we have spats. Oh yeah. Every married couple has spats. Yeah. Right. But I know whenever those circumstances pop up as rare as they are, (laughs) that (laughs) let's not lie that, that, I know. Right. We're going to, at some point in time, in the not distant future, one of us will say, hey, I know this ticked you off. Right. I know, you I mean, you kind of growled at me over that one. You know, are we okay? Or mm-hmm. do we need to talk about it? And if the other one says, you know what? No, it's fine. I was just in a bad mood right then, or it just hit me the wrong way. I, I, I took it the wrong way or no, it, you know what? You know. And we, we have an honesty pact yes. as well. I mean, we have to be honest about that. Yes. It's not just, you know, smile and nod and then hold grudges. I mean, no. we, we don't, we do don't, that. we don't do that. Mm-mm. Not at all. No. Right. No. So to, to kind of give everybody a summary, we, um, we got back together again at the end of 2016, 2017, we moved in together again. 
to make sure things were working well. But then in 2018, did not, and did not tell anybody that we were doing that. We well, we didn't tell anybody we were back together either for right. a while. I know. Even our kids, right. like we told them at the last minute, and they were like, "Oh crap." And they even stood back for a little while. They yes. even kept their own distance and right just said, you know, hey, we're going to let you guys do your own thing. But then in June of 2018, we went to Vegas and got remarried by Elvis and had a wonderful weekend in Vegas. And it really cracked me up because in like the next uh, weekend, we ended up playing uh, uh, Golden Tea with some of our children and they're like, so what have you guys been up to? What'd you do last weekend? It's funny. They never ask us what we did last weekend. And I was like, um, we went and got married. It was really funny. Our daughter-in-law was like, Oh crap. I totally forgot because the thing is it was about us. It wasn't about everybody mm -hmm. else. When we got married the first time, everybody was so everything for our marriage. Like we needed to stick up for everybody. We need to be everything for everybody. We need to take care of everybody. Now we're just like, this is my person and this is the only person who is my person. You know, we, and we've even, I think it's been really good for our kids because with having four adult children, we've told them, I support your choices, whoever you choose to be with. I don't need to approve of them. You don't need to necessarily approve of who I'm with, but we want you to respect our choices. That's kind of how we, we did it at the very beginning. But I think all four of our children now have come around full, full, full. They, it was originally, it was a respect my choice conversation. It was a, you don't have to be in the middle of it. I don't expect you to call this person mom or dad. I don't expect you to consider them as a step parent or your person. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think all four of them have come around they know that we have their back and they know that we are a really good family yes i mean and i mean we did not know if that was really going to happen no, we we, we even had, no had a full conversation about we were what were we going to do about holidays and stuff mm -hmm. i mean you know if, if our children just did not mesh or whatever then we go our separate ways for our holidays mm -hmm. but that we were going to be each other's person mm -hmm. unconditionally and then we were still going to love our children on an independent level but that they those two were not mutually exclusive Right. And, you know, so, and, and it's progressed to the point that for like leading up to this weekend uh, for Memorial Day weekend, uh, that Teresa put out a, you know, sign up to bring food list uh, for all the kids to, you know, contribute to the weekend. And uh, they started texting back and forth on Monday when Teresa yeah. sent it out about the weather, about and the weather, and about the different activities we're going to do yep. and things like that. So, you know, yep. it, it's been, well. And your oldest son ended up calling up our youngest daughter, my mm -hmm. youngest daughter, when they were in the area because my uh, our daughter lives in Denver. Mm -hmm. So you know, hooking up with her, you know, having dinner with her when they were up there. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. they really, you know, Mitchell, uh, your youngest has actually called me and he's like, "Hey, I'm in the area for lunch. Let's mm -hmm. just meet up at Whataburger and have lunch." And I mean, it's it's really, you know, and I know my son ended up Thanksgiving. My daughter came in at Thanksgiving. She goes, "Mom," I was like, "Yeah." She goes. Jeff was just talking about how much he really loves Marcus. And I was like, what? You know, and I think we've all had those moments with each one of the kids 
that we feel like we've come full circle and Mm -hmm. we've now been married. This June is our third wedding anniversary from Mm -hmm. Vegas, from our second marriage Mm -hmm. and our ninth wedding anniversary from the first marriage. Mm -hmm. So we call it our ninth third, but I could not be more in love with our life with the business is doing great. And you're still in Arbor, but you're still in metals. I'm still in the metals industry, but we have a game plan mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to stay in the metals industry for uh, forever. You know, uh, forever. And I do participate in mm-hmm. uh, the business uh, with Sterling Insurance on a daily basis because Teresa and I talk. I'm, Teresa you know, got a big mouth. I'm a, I'm a licensed insurance agent. Um, and Part of our plans moving forward mm-hmm. are, you know, at some point in time in the nearer future rather than the longer future, I'll retire from the metals business. I will use the contacts and uh, connections that I've made inside that industry uh, to go out and start selling commercial insurance uh, to help our agency grow yep. and move forward uh, and build that infrastructure and the residual income mm-hmm. that we want, that we desire. Uh, and that we feel like uh, we're more than capable of earning uh, and, and moving our business forward. And we've done this very in a very deliberate. Well, we are doing it in a very deliberate we're, way. We're, yeah, it, we're not 100% there yet. No, we're yeah. not. No, we're not. There, we're right. not 100% there, but we're doing it in a very deliberate, right. focused, yep. well thought out, planned way to mm-hmm. make sure that we don't bump into each other right. on a daily basis. There and we are, honor each other's core values. Exactly. We're honoring each other's core values, but then also we're understanding, you know, Teresa is the owner of the business. It's her business. I can throw in my two cents worth and she can sit there and look at me and go, I really don't care. Right. And I don't take it personally. It's not personal. It's just, it's my opinion. And she didn't want to take it. That's I don't. You don't. And I don't, I don't care. But we're very honest about that before. It would be like smile and nod. I'd agree. And then I still do my own thing anyway. And, and it just, it was very different before, but I have my own particular skill set that I I excel in and I'll go out and I will excel in those areas. And Teresa has her skill sets as the owner and the entrepreneur and the, and the visionary that she is that she'll excel in. Yeah. It's very complimentary and we're very excited about we're we're able to do this this time mm-hmm. with far greater understanding, mm-hmm. far greater maturity. But I think of, I think so much of that business. is we know the questions to ask now because yes. we know ourselves and we know each other better. Right. But that's what we're wanting people to understand as they yep. go through this journey mm-hmm. together, right? These are the questions. These are the areas. These are the topics that can be stumbling blocks that you may not anticipate could be stumbling blocks or you diminish how much of a stumbling block it could be. Right. Right. And don't minimize. Yeah. Don't minimize. Don't minimize. Don't minimize those stumbling blocks because a lot of times you learn so much about yourself during those stumbling blocks by saying, why does this not matter to me, but it matters to you and or doing that values, doing something that says, what do I feel like I'm bringing to the table and how is it being honored 
Because when we really dug deep into that, we were able to hear each other better. Yes, 100%. So, you know, our hope and our thoughts uh, are with all of you that are listening to this, you know, podcast, that if there's just one single thing that you take out and of mm-hmm. this podcast, if there's just one small gleaning uh, that you gather, uh, thank you very much for listening to our, our story, <laughs> right. our rambling uh, on this. And, you know, I am so grateful that I, I've been able to take this journey uh, with my best friend, mm. uh, with the person that I think is just absolutely amazing, beautiful, and is my soulmate forever and always. Thank you, Teresa. Well, day to day, it changes. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some days you love me, some days you hate me. We're not doing the day to day thing. We're doing the- We're doing the right now. We really love you overall, right? We're doing a podcast. Well, everybody, that's the key here, right? Is that power women in insurance are vulnerable. Power women in insurance were real. Power women know that we need some days to be able to look at a situation maybe recalibrate, maybe make some changes. But what we do is we move forward and every day we're better than we were yesterday. And that is really the key. So that's why I wanted to bring Marcus on. And that's why I wanted to tell you our story because being that entrepreneur, being that business owner, being that agent, being whoever you are in insurance, maybe you're struggling with your own marriage. Maybe you're struggling with your relationship with your children. Maybe you're struggling with your relationship with your team or at your own work, whatever that looks like. The point is, hopefully we've been able to help you be able to see through our own personal struggles, how you too can be able to take a step back. And at any moment, if you think your life is over if you think it's hit a blow up point like somebody just hit the explode button and everything just like went blah everywhere right it doesn't mean that that's the end of your story there were times there were days in 2016 that marcus and i both felt like we had been i'm I'm thinking i'm thinking specifically of Oh, this one movie, the one with Tim Allen, you know what it is, Space, um, where it was the, the play on like Star Wars or Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Space Wars? No, 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 no. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, but remember they did this whole like, they tried to do like where they tried to time warp uh, like uh, aliens from one place to another and they couldn't figure out how to do it. And all of a sudden, like whenever they, they materialized them, they were turned inside out. Anyway, go with me here. Anyway, so the point is, is that to me, that's some days how I felt. I felt like I had been morphed to a totally different place that was weird and that was out of my normal. And I felt like I'd been turned inside out. But I will tell you that there's always tomorrow and that tomorrow we are better because today we've done what it took to be able to put ourselves and our business and our children and our marriage and us as individuals back where we belong, because together, all of that is what really made us work. So everybody, thank you so much for listening today with me and Marcus. Marcus, say goodbye. Goodbye, Marcus. 
<laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thank you very much. We do release a new episode every single Wednesday, Power Women in Insurance. This is the second part of the two-part episode with Marcus Hunter, who is my husband. And thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story and for being vulnerable. I appreciate you. Love you, boo-boo. All right. Love you too, boo. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Hey, loyal listeners, when you hear me say CAS certified, that means that we use them in our agency. Are you a local insurance agent looking to take your business to the next level? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS, aka Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. But like in today's world, we use these initials like it's cool because it is. It's hip. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they offer the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing market. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and the guidance you need to see your agency succeed. Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't you survive in the competitive insurance industry? Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions today. Get started today and learn more at mbsbrokerage.com. That's where you learn more, mbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified.